Hi, everybody. It's Elle here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our partners and our supporters and the people that edit and put this show together over at Pretty Easy Podcasts. Now, we get a lot of compliments on how the show sounds and how it looks on YouTube, but that would not be without Pretty Easy Podcasts and the amazing team that they have. If you are looking to create your own podcast or maybe you have some ideas of some social media endeavors, Pretty Easy Podcasts has the technology, the equipment, and the skills to make your podcast sound great at your own disposal at your own time so record from home your office a park wherever they will help you out please give them a email at prettyeasypodcast.com once again that is prettyeasypodcast.com and thanks for listening Everybody, welcome back to Queer Late Night. I'm your host, Elma Colors, and Queer Late Night is a show for people of all walks of life to share their journey, share their insight and power, and most importantly, make community inclusive by telling your story. I am so happy to be your host, Elma Colors. Once again, that's my name, but tonight, I get the pleasure of sharing the room with two special people in my life. I get this pleasure of sharing the stage with my co-host, Eric Lazzarini, a.k.a. Laz. Say hi. Hi. How's it going? I'm very, very humbled to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Humble. <laughs> Wait till we get money. Oh. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm just very, very excited. It's like a very amazing hot day in New York. And we are sweaty. But we are getting out of the COVID situation, so... Yes, and I gave you an air conditioner. Well, I didn't give you an air conditioner, but you have air conditioner from my house now, which well, is helpful. She's a lucky girl, I can say. Oh, I don't know how lucky you are, but we'll see. And last but not least, without further ado... Without further ado... Ado. Ado, it's ado. ado. Is someone in my life that I can't believe is in my life, an angel, I like to call her my own Selena. <laughs> I know that uh, from the big, big state of Texas now living and thriving and breathing here in New York City, she's a nightlife expert. <laughs> I said it, she's a nightlife expert. But more importantly, I want you to know her like I know her, Miss Madison Black, hi. Hello. <laughs> that's it that's all you have for the girl the hi <laughs> girl the intro was longer than you hi <laughs> do a little uh, for uh, the uh. you like that yeah perfect 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 <laughs> how are you I'm you know I'm I'm good aside from this humid ass day that we've all been undergoing but you know other than that I'm good that's good um is it like are you like excited about everything that's going on right now as far as the pandemic ending? Are you? Yes. I mean, being that I work in nightlife, I am actually incredibly excited that this, uh, you know, this little panorama that she's like coming to her, at least in New York City, is coming to, you know, her and hopefully everything remains under control. Um yeah, I'm just ready to get back to work. Me too. It's also Pride season, so we're not even going to pretend like it's not. <laughs> Let's get on and pop in, girls. Let's get out these shoes. Get out these wigs. Let's do it for the people of the world. Are, are you guys both excited about their... It's Pride, and last year Pride was different. So how are you excited this year than last you know, year? I'm really excited this year from personal experience. I mean, my first time coming to New York City was for World Pride 2019. Um, I would have... You know, I, that's when I knew within the first 72 hours of being here. I was like, this is this is where I belong. This is my home. So the fact that, you know, this panoramic happened, we're coming, you know, it's coming to an end. However, this will be my first full pride as a New York City resident and working in the nightlife. So it's, it's definitely going to be something... It's going to be an experience because the last time I was here for Pride, I was here visiting. Yeah, I remember that you came you and I was shocked to see you. <laughs> And it was World Pride, right? It and was we, World it, Pride. We, we were trying to turn Pride the world. I feel like we saw each other for a second. Eric, I, did, second. did I see you for World Pride? Uh, no, but last year was, well, two years ago was interesting. Also, fun fact, my the first time I came to, to New York, uh, it was in June. 
So, by the way, my 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 birthday is one week before the Pride usually. So I just celebrate all the way two weeks in a, in a row, which is amazing. Um, also very exhausting. But I started for my first Pride was in 2015 in New York. It was amazing, and this is probably my third fourth pride being resident yeah um, i mean it gets a little foggy after a while because i've been coming to new york city for pride since i was 23 years old and there's like videos of me like a hot mess i didn't even know what pride was until pride 50 like i was like oh bitch this is not about me getting drunk all the time oh so world pride you yeah world pride, world pride was a thing <laughs> yeah was, so i, I mean, was that like, was an just doing bad but i've been coming here for a while and i'm really excited because last year pride was not the same, I missed a lot of opportunities. Of course, I got a chance to do the queer march, but everything else was so weird because you didn't know whether you could stand with a mask, sit with a mask, put your hands in your pocket with a mask on. <laughs> it was just a weird little... Could I dance can, in my chair can, without getting a talk, like a stern talking to no, Yeah, no, no dancing in your chair. No honey. dancing in stop, your chair. Stop, stop wiggling, still. you're getting your COVID everywhere. Go maybe was like, maybe was like for the people again. who are not familiar with the queer march, because it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know the queer march and what is happening. To add, I believe the exact terminology is uh, the Queer Liberation March. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. The Queer Liberation okay. March. It, to be completely accurate and correct, because we don't want to mess that up ever. Because nope. it's a really important march. It's honestly a good opportunity. One, to take back pride. There's a lot of corporations that have implanted some things that aren't necessarily their core values for our community. So if you want to find out more information about the Queer Liberation March, we will make sure that is in the bio when we post this episode all right next to our notes yes next to our notes <laughs> well we talked about pride we talked about covid being over those are all small things compared to what we came here to talk about so i i'm gonna have to shoot from the heart i have this beautiful script written for myself but what i want to to really um pound out is in starting this podcast, I wanted to create a platform that was all-inclusive of everybody's story, no matter what it is, as long as it's something that's going to empower and be embraced the, the right way. And I feel like, Madison, you have one of the best stories and genuine stories. I've heard it from you a few times, but also I had the opportunity to be in this room with your, your, your mom. So, you know, this isn't going to be the Madison Black coming out story but this is going to be the madison black part one of many parts called the coming to story right absolutely is that I'm, I'm here for that and i'm and i want to be also clear too that in producing this the show with eric we wanted to make sure we use the right terminology as possible and the right on and just didn't want to offend anyone so this is a show where we're going to learn something and we're also going to take from it what really it needs to be yeah it's, it's important for us guys that everybody is well informed and everybody use the right terminology uh words matter and the way we're referring and we are connecting and we are communicating with others is very important too so that's another important reason for having this kind but, of amazing but before people. we skip ahead i feel like we almost skipped ahead i have a question for you this is the question of the pod and this okay. is for this is coming from eric from eric, eric what's the question of the pod uh, <laughs> um, tell me what is one thing that you want to be, leave behind as your legacy uh, one thing I want to leave behind is my legacy oh god resilience resilience so tell me more about that I feel like Hold on, I need to. I need to really think about this. Hold on, <laughs> like I'm gonna change it. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to go, in, but don't get. You don't have to go into graphic details. But. Yeah, I feel as though. Ask me the question one more time. So what? Uh, when you think about the future, when people think about Madison Black, what is what people think when when they when they hear your name? Courage. That's 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 what I want. Like to go along with myself is courage bravery resilience you so we go back to resilience good I yeah like resilience you can have yeah both i honestly you know what before we get into the coming to story i want people to hear how i met you <laughs> and i wanted it to come a little bit from you a little bit from me this is this is my favorite story and it is one of my favorite stories of how i've ever met a person because it's in 
many parts and very surprising parts. And I, it literally is one of my favorites. Okay. okay. Who wants to We're start? Hearing. Okay. I'll, all right. I'll start. So at one point in my life, it was 2019, yeah? 18. 2018. December 2018. I was with my, fr- my best friend, Johnny. He lives in Texas, San Antonio. And I wanted to go out and do get into some, some trouble, honestly. Why not? It's, it's that type of party. And you were working at where? I always forget the name of the place. At the time, I was working at this uh, gay bar called Sparky's Pub uh, in San Antonio, Texas, right off of Maine and uh, Evergreen. Uh, it's a little pub. It was really cute. And we went there, and I got some drink. Well, I didn't get a drink. I, I remember I walked up to you, and I was like, "What's the special tonight?" Because I used to be, I used to be. No one, not many people know. I was in the United States Navy. I was stationed in San Antonio a long, long time ago, and I used to go to these gay bars. So I walked up to you, and I was like, "Oh, Madison was like, oh, it's called, it's two dollar. You call it." I was like, "Explain <laughs> that to me. I'm from New York City. <laughs> All I know is thirteen dollar drinks, lots of ice, no liquor." Depending on where you go. So she said, oh, $2, whatever in the room you, you want. And I was like, whatever? Whatever. Girl, she went off. She went and she got the Grey Goose. She got the Patron. She got she got the, girl, she got all of it. I didn't Every know. Top was shelf that liquor, the alcohol was that was in the bottles? The, uh, no, it was 100% the alcohol that was in the bottles because we directly opened, take the seal off, et cetera, et cetera. Because there was, was a lot of speculation, like how do you sell, you know, drinks $2 for $2? Drink. Which to well, me, I, still, I have no idea how they did that and turned a profit, but they did. They, people and, like me who kept going back up there for like, I felt like I was getting <laughs> myself drunk. Girl, it was. <laughs> long story short on that night, I got this loho drunk for about $25 <laughs> and she later told me that she took a little break threw up in the bathroom and came right back and said I'll have a double Grey Goose and I'll soda double. <laughs> I asked her I was, she asked me where I was from and I was like New York City because I love seeing that when I go to Texas or anything yeah. that's not New York, New York City, City. Um, it's a flex and she said, I want to, I want to, I want to go there. Was it, I want to go or did you want to move? No, no, no. At the time, uh, being 2018, I literally said, I was like, this is my goal is to go there this year. Um, well, this coming year, cause it was December. So 2019 was how, when I was planning to go. And then you were like, oh my God, you should definitely come, et cetera, et cetera. We added each other on Instagram, uh, maintained a close friendship. And by the time, you know, I was planning to go there in summer which I did, and that was my first time for World Pride. But prior to that, I had taken a little trip um, to Long Beach Pride. Yeah, Long Beach Pride being in May for whatever reason. Don't know why. Don't know why. Um, but it was in May. So I went, and <laughs> my first night there, I was incredibly inebriated. Yeah, like me. Um, <laughs> incredibly lit. So I'm at a bar. The bars, for some reason, were closing at like 1 a.m. They closed which at was 1 in Los Angeles. I, weird. It's awful. It is. Why? But it, I don't know, because people also, after like, go after parties, and they just go have pizza and stuff. That's very weird. I'm not trying to go have pizza. Girl, I'm, I'm trying gay. to get ice. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I see like the most amazing, beautiful models going to after the AB. Is that place, right? Abbey, after the Abbey. Abbey. They go there, and they just close the street. Like, where do you put that shit? You have like skinny, skinny, skinny... Uh, Flat uh, stomach. Yeah, they, I don't get it. They, I don't know. So I, so I'm gonna segue. So I, we're both in the in the. What was that bar? So we were at this bar, and it's 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 muggy night. You know, it's it's, it's, it's Long hot. Beach. It's a little humid. It's a little moment. I'm high. I'm drunk. I'm out of the park, and I feel the lights go on, and I feel a tap on the back of my shoulder shortly after that moment, and I turn around. <laughs> And this man is like, excuse me, miss. Obviously, just as inebriated as I was. And I turn. <laughs> and it was this moment of like, I'm like only, I'm a only pushing pen the dropped. Like a pen dropped. And it was like, wait, wait, wait. I didn't know your name. I, didn't, I forgot. You did it. And, and I remembered yours. Well, your Instagram one. And like, so we just kind of stared at each other. And I was like, There's, what? Like, it was one of those moments when I was like, N- this can't be like, what? You, you pinch yourself. Cause obviously yeah. we had plans to see each other again yeah. once in New York. However, there we are in this bar where neither of us live and neither of us had, you know, spoken to each other that we were going to be there before. So here we are face to face. And it was just the most incredible moment. Cause by that time I remember your exact words. What's your name again? <laughs> What's your name again, baby? <laughs> I'm a little cocker. I'm a little cr- uh, uh. Uh. Um, And then it, we just, we kept meeting for the next 
well, year. The, ne- yeah, the next day is when we had gone into the Abbey, actually. We were at the Abbey. He took uh, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite photos, which was in a... <gasps> I did. You did. I- you did. Uh, it was in my friend, Sean, um, who's passed, rest his soul, but... He uh, had this red, beautiful, old yeah. school interior. Like all the interior was red. The outside was red. I went to go get my bag because I was going to be leaving. And Les was like, let me take your picture in here. And I was like, okay. Why not? And I, it's one of my favorite photos. <laughs> We're going to get to some more parts of that story. Because the part of that story also is a big part of your coming too. But I want to start the story... From the beginning, because I feel like because it's pride and there's there's always so many stories you get to hear. But I want to give a, a platform and I want you to tell the Madison Black story. So you get to tell this story the way you want. And we have some questions written, but you are feel free to take and go where you want with it. Um, my first question for you, uh, I wrote down, I'm going to re- read it like it's written. Tell me about young Madison Black, the beginning God, the beginning. Oh, God. So as far back as I can remember, I've always known I was a girl. There was never a doubt in my mind. I knew who I was. I didn't know what gender was until, you know, like elementary school, once they're like separating boys from girls. And then like, you know, once you're trying to play with dolls and everyone's like, no, those are boys. Those are girls toys. And it's like, well, what? And it doesn't really make sense to you. But a young Madison was very um, performative. Yeah. She loved putting towels on her head and pretending it was, you know, long flowing hair like the little yeah. mermaid. She loved fantasizing that she was Princess Jasmine. <laughs> she loved yeah. all of those things. Um she was just very kind, very imaginative, a really special little kid. Shy, but special for sure. And who was your favorite princess? Disney. Was it That's Disney? a really hard no, that's a tough one. I mean, as a as a kid, I really identified with The Little Mermaid because there was that scene when she's like a fish and then she becomes a human. And like I that really resonated with me, not necessarily knowing where I was going to go in life, but it hit deeper than it, norm, it would to a normal non-transgender child, you know, yeah. so that hit me really deep and I really resonated. Um, loved Jasmine. She's... I, her attitude, her everything, her independence was everything for me. Plus, she's just so hot. <laughs> and um, Pocahontas, definitely. Ooh. Pocahontas. Yeah, loved she Pocahontas. Like, she like, like a, the hair. She has a thing with the hair, apparently. It's the hair. Yeah, she it's a hair for her. She has long hair. I, I wish I was able to have... We didn't have Disney in my house, so I don't even know. Um, but We just had VHS. That, okay, well, that, you know, we had a little bit of that. But that's beautiful. Uh, cool. cool, 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 cool. So I want to know something. Tell me, like, what was coming out for you? What was your experience? Coming out for me was um, nerve-wracking. Um, it was. It was. <sighs> coming out for me was most importantly, first and foremost, coming out to myself. And that once I could accept and understand who I was in my own skin and in my truth and who I was going to become, nothing, I feared absolutely nothing about acceptance or understanding from others at that time. You know, it was 2008 and I was 18 years old in Texas. (laughs) So being trans wasn't as like aware it wasn't as like known or understood there was not as much education as there is today not as much nearly nowhere near support uh nowhere nearly what am i trying to say (laughs) nowhere (laughs) near as much support as there is today got it right it it was hot what year was it 2008 that's great that's the year i graduated did you graduate in 2008 2009 oh okay yeah you're a baby we're a little more like what's the word like Vintage, I guess. Oh no, Eric! I'm the same age. Damn it! Damn it for you. Damn it for me. <laughs> but it's me, I'm talking to other people. Vintage so, is wonderful, baby. I'm wearing vintage a vintage jacket now. I, I, I try to aim as high as I can. Um, but going back to what you said, for you, I feel like because coming out, it's different for everyone. For me alone, I felt like I had to put on, get some armor, invest it in myself, to like kind of know what 
to expect without knowing what to expect because I just didn't come out yet. So I was kind of making things up as I was going. But at this very same time, being like, this could be reality. You know, so I... I remember, like, thinking before, like, accepting and going forward in my transition or making the decision to go forward in my transition. I remember thinking... Is this something that I can hide? Is this something that I can do in privacy? Would I be happy doing this in privacy? Um, you know, pushing my true self under a rug essentially is what I'm trying to say. That's yeah, what I was thinking I could do. Um, but, you know, I thought back, I, or at that time I thought ahead, and I thought 10 years from now, do I want to be the person that starts transitioning or do I want to be the person I'm meant to be. And it was that moment that really just changed the game for me because I thought, I don't want to transition in 10 years. I don't yeah. want to keep pushing it, pushing it back further and further. Yeah. Like, if I want to do this now, I'm going to do this now. There's, um, there's a lot. Into, it's like, and this is a new term, but it's owning your truth really early, mm -hmm. you know? I, you know, fortunately, I was able to, for whatever reason, really own and accept my truth. I think that's the most important thing is accepting my truth radically without any, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. There was no guidance. There was no holding my hand. There was no silver spoon in my mouth. There was no nothing. There was, no nothing. There was nothing like there is today. You know, I had to like dig deep on how to start hormones and get all of that done. Um, and yeah. And here we, here we are. <laughs> You're talking about a lot of like being brave and who inspired you to 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 be this person? Who inspires you every moment and every step that you you are going through? You know, I think the proper answer to that is is my great grandmother. Uh, I call her Mammal. That was what we <laughs> grew up calling her. I took my first steps to her house. I was with her a lot. My mom had me very very early. She was 21, so she worked a lot. And uh, my mama was someone that she was older. So I grew up, she raised me in a way to understand and be more patient and have compassion in other terms and not just necessarily what like younger people that like at my age at 18 would have been thinking about because having that behind my back and having that fuel in me like to understand one day I will get old and what will my legacy be and who will I be and do I want to make these decisions yeah. later or am I just going to go head first into the unknown and just fucking do it and that's what I did <laughs> um, which is also what inspired me and motivated me to move to New York City in a pandemic because it was like I did something at a time when no one I know would have, and not many people were moving across the country in a pandemic to start yeah. over, but I did. And in that though, I've met a lot of people that actually have. And there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people, more than you would expect, which is beautiful. And, well, and girl, that cheap. Girl, they were trying to get that rent. <laughs> I want to take a little step back because you answered a question, but um, it, it you answered the question. There was not a lot of research. It, Texas is not, I'm not going to talk about Texas bad, but Texas doesn't strike me as a state that has lots of, you know, easy to go to like New York City, uh, uh, sexual health clinics, uh, Andre Lloyd Project. They didn't have a lot of that there. Um, I wanted you to kind of touch on, because it's important, I, I work in healthcare too. What would, how do you describe like Texas as a healthcare system coming, living as a trans person, trying to get things that you need? You know, it's getting better, um, speaking as a trans person. But, I mean, that's that's a very loose term to really use because, I mean, they just abandoned abortions. You know what I mean? They just made it illegal to get an abortion past six weeks. So it's a really difficult question to answer, but it is getting easier for trans people, for sure. Like, there is the kind clinic out there now, um, which I know a lot of my trans sisters have uh, been working with, and they're able to get hormones and, like, financial assistance, all of that because we all know transitioning can be extremely expensive and without the resources it's damn near impossible but it is extremely necessary for your mental health and your own life for your better you know the betterment of your entire life so now i know it is for a fact definitely turning a curve it's still definitely difficult i remember never being truly going into clinics and going into all of this 
at the beginning was really difficult. The the last couple of years that I lived there definitely were easier. Um, but still, you always felt like the odd one out yeah. versus like here where you're actually going to hospital or clinics and right. doing your checkup with you know, queer people, non-binary, trans people that make you feel completely understood and I wanna, valued. I want to, before, I, so I'm, I, what I'm getting is, I, would you use the word affirming when you describe that situation and non-affirming? What do you what do you mean when like you, when you describe like the healthcare setting the the healthcare staff feeling comfortable with going in there do you feel like you were being affirmed or it was not a situation that you really enjoyed it wasn't something I enjoyed it okay. definitely was not non affirming um, I always had anxiety about it I had a lot of anxiety in Texas yeah. just period living there for so long as a trans person yeah. because I understand now that as an individual that's grown into who I am like I understand that trauma had such an impact on my life to this day and yeah. now since moving I've been able to heal and really understand parts of myself are incredible and not bad because of the way I was interpreted in Texas or all of that you're talking a lot about uh, how um, the healthcare system is working there but how did you get there We are, we are talking about uh, this little child who was probably knowing what we're going to be. And 18. What, was, what? 18. 18. I mean, child. No, 18 is still a child. child. You're right. You're right. And, is it, and you know what? There isn't a lot of places to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and what, what were your first steps? How do you approach this? I mean, of course, there is, there is the internet and stuff, but in a place where you feel like, uh, you mentioned it, it's like, It's, it's, it was kind of a lot of things trying to manage at the same time. Who, what were your first steps in order to get this information, uh, get access to, to, to this? Getting comfortable in my own skin uh, was the first step. And that, I mean, that took a very, very long time, but getting more comfortable in my own skin. Um, artistry was a form of expression as far as uh, makeup to be specific was a huge um, impact on my life was like the ability to express myself in through, you know, cosmetics. And um, that's really where it started for me and how I started to feel more comfortable. Because before um, transition, there I would have been what we now call non-binary. Um, I had long hair. I was always wearing V-necks, all black boots, very, very... <laughs> androgynous vibe um but then once i started the makeup and really just getting playing with it and feeling more feminine is when i started to feel more comfortable into like here we are let's we're going on the right path and we're getting in that direction it was it was it was baby steps i was not trying to rush this very precious journey into who i am and, and what about the information where you started getting what's your first access to this information the internet was something that i was just like really looking at um At the time, I was on my mom's health insurance, so I, she works at AT&T, and I was able to... They were really progressive, mm -hmm. um, for sure, as a company, and I was able to get on... I was able to get... So back then, I'm not too sure how it is now, but back then, um, you had to see a therapist before starting hormone therapy. I do believe it is still the same. Mm -hmm. And that's how it all started for me. I started seeing a therapist. And then from there, I was able to get on hormones. I started these like little tablets that dissolved underneath my tongue. It was very strange. Wow. Yeah. It's, it, and that's a very, very interesting point because uh, when it comes about all the, all the whole process, like therapy is one of the fundamental steps, right, before moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, Do you feel that mental health is, because um, in here in every state, apparently, mental health is not considered a big portion of Your normal health, even though we know scientifically mental health is a part of any other part of your health. Your mind, if your mind doesn't work, the rest of your body's not. Um, when you talk about therapy and doing the first steps, is mental health something that, I probably don't answer to this, but do you feel in, mental health is something that's prioritized in Texas? Absolutely not. Um, no, <laughs> not even close. Mental health in Texas is... It's almost like a taboo there. 
you know, at least where I'm from in San Antonio, yeah. it's a very machismo, very stubborn, very prideful attitude, uh, outlook on things. And mental health isn't something that people are willing to admit that they even need. Uh, so that I think really pretty much just answers that question. That does. Yeah. We, we got to give a special shout out to the person that's behind the scenes that's crawling across the floor during this very important conversation. <laughs> who is also from San Antonio. San Antonio. Thank you for your help the and photo, everything you're doing. The photos you will see are being, are, are going to be taken by him. By him. His name is Adrian Olivares. He uh, also, a pandemic move, moved to Rhode Island and is now a sous chef at uh, a very five star hotel. At a very one. five star at they, the Vanderbilt Hotel. They are going <laughs> to, wait, are they going to sponsor this podcast? They're Otherwise, not, I don't see the reason. Like, sorry for that. But sorry, guys. It's your, it's your question. What, I, the one I overjumped. Oh, what was it? This is Queer Late Night. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Or watch episodes on YouTube by searching Queer Late Night. And now, back to the show. Who are your biggest support now we can know who are your biggest supporters not only when transitioning but in, ger in your general life community 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 is my biggest supporters um i didn't have that till I, I i met my first transgendered friend um got when i was 28 really i oh, yeah reset. i didn't i didn't have anyone that i could really identify with so i was in this journey by myself for a very very long time and um really even when you went out to the the bars you know you worked was, at the bars and i my first gay bar i started working out when i was 28 when i met you he, yes that was the first year i worked there. i started there that right the weekend after pride so like go july i started there in july of 2018 wait and then so when that that makes me go back another step how many years of, of cosmetology did you do uh, my first job was working in a makeup, you know, a cosmetic store. Uh, I was not, funny story, important, not too funny story, but I was never allowed to wear a full face of makeup. I could do very, very natural. I could barely wear any uh, mascara, even though I was supposed Where? to be selling cosmetics. You can't say, probably. I, I could say, because I could also sue them. Uh, it was called Bare Essentials, but that was back in 2000. And they're out of business, don't worry. There you go, they're done. Uh, but that was, God, that was so long ago. And um, I was not allowed to wear... Was it that part of their like, mantra? Like, uh, But the thing is, those the the girls I worked with wore a full face, dramatic uh -huh. eyes, extravagant. I girl, I wasn't even allowed to wear blush. Like it was very, very specific. And they were like, "Well, if you don't, you know, unless you get the surgery, you know, you can't oh, do full." Wow. It was one of those. It was one of that those. Was, that's very. That's very, very transphobic. Very transphobic. Yeah, but that's what you know. At the time, we had to really deal with because it was that turning point, and there wasn't representation. There yeah. wasn't education in you know mainstream or in fucking what is the word uh, it, corporations yeah. and corporations there wasn't that support back then now it's m turning around massively but at that time just wasn't true i'm sorry about that oh it's fine i'm i'm you, uh, baby you I look, i'm good <laughs> i'm good yeah. you know i love we are love we are we love you and this is a very interesting question like how in the past three years it seems that it's changed dramatically the, 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 all, all, all the all in terms of um, in rights can you how do you feel about that what are your first impressions when you see these changes that maybe another kid don't have to go through this how do you feel about that I feel great knowing that the work not only I put in but the work so many others have put into this because I mean I was fighting I was doing panels I was educating and being vulnerable and really putting myself out there and exposing myself as a trans person you know, publicly outing myself, not that I'm ashamed of being trans whatsoever, but doing that and really just coming forward to help with the future, to help a better, the, 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 like the, those people who want to transition later in life, because people are going to transition forever. Like there's never going to yeah. be a, a stopping point to this. There's never really a right or a wrong time. Never. It's, it's when that person feels ready. Right. To like fully live their truth and, and honor that. I, I want, want to just, stop right now to tell you how much your story to me 
I've always appreciated it because I didn't. I moved to New York City from Connecticut. And I didn't have a lot of trans friends of experience, and when I had an opportunity to meet them, it was the most exciting thing because it was an opportunity to not. I don't want to say the word learn. I want to say the word grow. Grow as an individual and do my own research, my own learning. I never was one to bring too many. I, I always knew it was uncouth to ask certain questions, but just hearing stories and, and having this empowerment, these empowering sessions, you know, all the time, whether we're drinking or we're out having a kiki, you are one of the most inspirational people that I know in my life because you did move during a pandemic. You were so gone home. And it's not just the move, moving during a pandemic, just everything of that makes up about you. So I'm appreciative as you as a friend. I want to know right now because things have changed in the last year. It's been one year. It, it'll be a year and, uh, well, depending on when this airs, but it'll be a year, August 19th. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to appreciate that this is just going on overlapping the questions all over back and forth. He's just like overlapping the questions. So, Well, I was transitioning to one number seven. And seven, seven, seven never happened. But let's go to what was uh, like moving to New York during the pandemic. Well, I didn't ask her what she was passionate about. Well, you pointed the question. Never I mind. I pointed at number seven. You want me to? I need you seven? to look at your paper where you have them crossed. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This note, is I'm a we are take a so shot new. Of you know take a short break yeah. while my new co-host gets <laughs> laid off. Oh Tonight. my God! Yes, you know what? Just not not already. Not, not, not on my Let's go naked and then forget about this moment. Okay. You're going commando, right? Yeah, okay. I am going commando. She's ready. Okay, so right now, what are you passionate about? <laughs> and she was like literally with the with the with the little thing in her about to just give a little sip, whatever. Like what the fuck? <laughs> you got. Uh, and like, uh, uh, like I'm passionate about <laughs> get, getting drunk, bitch. That's what I'm passionate about. Passionate about drinking this shot. Um, passionate about doing whatever the fuck I want wow. without explaining myself or having to answer anything. I'm passionate about doing me. Period. That's and that's all we need to hear. Period. That's it. That's a, a general. That's a, a generous, honest question from the queen. Don't ask no more fucking questions. About <laughs> like, like actually, passion. I'm done, done with you, bitches. I, you know, actually, I'm done with this. Bye. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now that I'm talking, I'm just gonna go to the question. Yeah. Go off. Go right now. Go off. So yes. going back to the point, like what was to moving to New York during, in the middle of the pandemic? Girl, oh, that, that shit great. was it was wild. Um, you know, yeah, okay. Backstory. I, uh, December of 2019, I knew with full, like, I felt with a full assert, like, I just knew in my heart that I was moving to New York City. There was nothing that was going to change my mind. I was done. I set a goal for myself to move here by September of 2020. Of course, the pandemic happens, blah, blah, blah. We all know how that went. Um, how was it? I don't know. Pandemic? <laughs> I know her. Did you? <laughs> I heard about her COVID. Check in a history book soon. It'll be there. Um, and uh, so the pandemic hits. I was very scared to make that move at that time. Yet an opportunity presented itself. And I've always been one to just follow my heart and follow the universe, the universal guide. And an opportunity presents itself. I jumped on it because I was like, this is, it felt right. It felt 100% right. Um and I remember just thinking to myself, like, am I really going to move in the middle of a pandemic as a bartender, no less, when no one's working? There's no availability for work. But I was like, yes, I am. So, yeah, <laughs> I did it. Also, don't just say as a bartender. You're not just. I'm not just. But I was, you know, that's my main source of income yeah. right now is bartending. And it is what I love to do. So moving here at that time as a bartender or to, you know, continue my career in bartending, it was uh, definitely difficult. But my driving force behind that was, you know, we all we have all heard the saying, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. I upped the ante and I was like, if I can make it here during a pandemic. You definitely can make it here. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So what, wait, first, what was the hardest part 
of the move because you did yours over through a flight, but some people don't have that money. So a, a move, what was the hardest part? The hardest part. Okay, it was having to leave my pets behind. Um, one stayed with my mom. One stayed with my dad. Um, that was the hardest part for me. It was those are those were my babies. I had two cats, um, and they're still alive, and they're still healthy, and they're still happy, which is important. And that was the hardest part for me because I was so connected and just that was my little family. So coming to terms with like they would be happier here in San Antonio, that was the hardest part for me was, you know, because I don't don't get attached to people or things. I mean, I do. I do love people, but I understand I just don't like to possess people and I don't like to possess like animals even, but giving like having to like part ways was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do in my life <laughs> like harder than transitioning could honestly. you get them back if you go back yeah just... I could but they're also happy and it's like you it's, know it's not worth it I, it is and it I, once I get more like established in my like actual you know the world is barely starting to come back to yeah. what it used to be or what it's going to be and once I get that like you know, rhythm down, then there, there will be more of that thought of like, am I ready to bring them here? Or like, what's my next step? You know? Yeah. I mean, I have a dog in the city and yeah. whenever I take her to Connecticut and I see her like out in the grass, I'm like, well, a dog doesn't belong in New York city. Does it? I but think so. I mean, they do. It's hard when she's big. It's always again with the animal and how much I work. I work 40 hours a week and some people work a little more than that. But to me, like an animal always belongs to be, properly home and in a good home that are loved they all have the same lives but i feel like having an animal in your but, city i mean you love her a lot so well, i mean i like, love her yeah, yeah, yeah i love I her, love her. <laughs> but everybody and, loves her he and, actually i'm like that, that's one of the most love lovely and lovable dogs animals the she's the most loved dog in if, you, if you listen to this podcast uh madison also does uh pet sitting on the weekends just a guess if you need a pet she goes center. all the way in the city if you live in the oh, Harlem in Brooklyn oh oh New Hampshire okay, she okay. goes there <laughs> let's, let's stop that right there cause I will I will come watch Elena and New Hampshire and, and Ricky and Derek Jay's cat and their now dog I will definitely come here for that um if I love you yes I'm down if I love you and I love your animal I'm down Oh. Oh. If she doesn't, you know what? Forget about that. If she, you, doesn't, she, don't, if she doesn't. If you don't deserve her love, you don't deserve to be here, anyways. So, um, uh, quick, uh, five words. The day that you left Texas, five words. That's it. Don't even got five words. <laughs> Are we? <clears throat> <clears throat> That's one. Thanks for everything. Bye, bitch. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> wow. Okay, okay. okay. Major, major, was that, major, was major. that five words? That, like, <laughs> I kinda, we don't care. Nobody I hope it was five words. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Bye, bitch. Yeah, it is. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. I did okay. that. We're in it. Okay, laugh, so laugh. Uh, my question is: five words to describe dating in New York City. Oh, <laughs> this shit is fucking lit. Oh, wow. wow. You, you should be a rapper. <gasps> Nikki, if you hear this and you want to add it to any of your mixes, by all means, baby, go right ahead. Go she should ahead. add everything that you're doing. <laughs> you're, wow, you can't have all those words really soon. She's good at wording. Um, well, you're in your. I'm city. good with my mouth, babe. You're one of the, uh, your type of person that you love to explore. You love doing new things. I think you might have done more new things in this city than I've done in four years of being here. So go ahead. Top three must-sees. Three, three things. Three top must-sees. Okay. Well, that you've seen so far. You don't have to like the ones okay, you... Okay, so I love... My favorite view is uh, the Long Island City Pier right there at the Pepsi-Cola sign. That's oh. a must-see. I like that. Love that. That's my favorite. It's way off the West Side Highway. So here. is also to again. So is um, the Brooklyn Bridge Park. Like that view is absolutely stunning. Third is definitely you know 
Madison Black behind the bar? Yes. Yeah, that's the most important. We don't. We're not. Come tip a girl. You, we're not gonna tell you where you got where where she's at right now because there's gonna be some change. But we're it, working on things, you know. In the stairs, we'll it, let you know. It really is. You come. You you got here. I tried to just pitch you to everybody. You met my friend Monica. You did Wild Birds. You're. Um, you can say that you're at Good Judy still, right? I'm at Good Judy. I'm and at Good Judy. I'm at Come On Everybody. Um, Wild Birds currently. Um, it's great. I love the people I've met. I love the experience I've gained, the memories I will forever have. And, you know, I'm ready to make new ones and venture out and just do, again, speaking to my truth, whatever the fuck I want. So, I w- snap. I want to ask, just so people know, because people like to move here, what it has been, like, your experience in actually being in a queer establishment, working for a queer, in a queer bar and having, um, very open, honest, uh, to people just coming in and that you love. You, I feel like you love your clientele and that you love. Oh, I love, I love everyone that I, I mean, working in a queer bar that's queer owned, queer operated, queer people there all the time. It's everything. I mean, you know, back in Texas, I was working at a bar that was a gay bar, but run by straight people. And most the people that worked there were straight people. And everything was always jokingly stated like there was always jokes homophobic jokes or transphobic jokes and it's like i should not be having to educate you on how to the proper terminology of everything when you're working in a gay bar taking from our community you need to be understanding of that so the fact that i can be here in queer spaces queer owned queer operated and most importantly show trans representation behind a bar is i think the most important for me is is just being that voice being that presence um for people to see for people to walk in and just see someone like them or someone they look up to or whatever the case may be is important you know we don't see as trans women we don't see ourselves in a lot of spaces uh, so uh, when we do, it's it's precious, it's important, and and it's th- a game changer. And, and that what's the importance of uh, now? Um, now that you're mentioning that, what is the importance of having uh, trans representation now in society? What is that for you? What does that mean? It means that you know, to answer that properly, I have to go back in time. For the longest time, trans women were only told or really allowed to have one of two opportunities for jobs. It was being a showgirl or working in, as, in sex work. And neither of those, nothing is wrong with either of them. I encourage both of them. However, that was it. Those were our options. We weren't allowed to do other things. So seeing trans representation in spaces, you know, whatever field it may be, whether work, TV, doesn't matter is so important because it sends that message that we are here, we are important, we matter, and we aren't going anywhere ever. That's, that's, that to me alone is, you know, shout out to Ryan Murphy for creating Pose. Also for all the many other like, you know, series that he has it's one thing when you create you you cast the gay person you cast the person trans experience you you cast anyone from the lgbtq community it's another thing when you cast just right and the right light and that you're able to tell a story and so many beautiful actresses and actors came out of that and for me i learned just alone from that and you know to 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 tailgate on what you're saying not just ryan murphy but important people such as janet mock who wrote Redefining realness and followed that with um, surpassing certainty. She is a producer of that show, and from that show, you know, it has been a major staple in trans representation in yeah. film and media. We have Laverne Cox, who did Orange is the New Black. That was yeah. actually the first show that I saw, even though she was in jail, it was more of a positive outlook of a trans right. experience, um, even though, like I said, she was in jail. But you know, um, it was still more positive than what we'd been, what we'd seen before. And now we even had Veneno recently on HBO Max, which, to me personally, was the most important documentation of trans representation I've ever seen. I've never felt more connected or understood 
represented and seen ever in my life. Had I, <laughs> that was it, honey. That was the moment. Can and you name drop that one more moment. time? Huh? Name drop it one more time. Vin and all. Okay. Yeah, fun, it's fun on fun HBO fun. Max. I'm sorry to cut back. Uh, that that show it started like uh, just a little cultural brief. It's uh, the producers are Spanish. So they call the ha- Los Javis. So they started a show in Netflix and it's called Paquita Salas, and they made a special about uh, Paquita Salas is supposed to be a, a PR from a, a from a, an ag- it's an agent for for an, for an actress and stuff, and she gets like uh, this actress she happens to be transgender in real life. So one of the things that they've been focusing a lot is having a rep- real representation of the trans community as an as an actress and actors because as you know there's like a, there's a lack of, of that representation there and because the show went that well that that episode went that well they got like a green light to in order to get the the, the veneno and now they're like getting more and more opportunities in order to to have stop yeah so i i, I mean that it's amazing to to see that uh, no you're on, i mean i want to see more of that uh, you know yeah. it's not just myself but the community needs to see more of that you know our stories are powerful you know i'm tired of being so humble and acting like trans people are not the moment we are yeah also just to pick back off of that also you know it took me maybe 15 minutes tonight to just while i was preparing for this interview to go on glad to go on different websites to know how to appropriately ask questions um, that I'm not sure. So educate yourselves. Don't expect um, a black person to educate you on black lives. Don't expect a trans person to educate you on trans lives. You went to school, you read books, you have an education, you can read, you obviously got ahead in your life. So educate yourself on how to not be offensive or transphobic or racist. It's not hard to quickly educate. You don't got, you don't got to read 1,000 books, but just off of a maybe 15-minute read tonight, I was like, well, these are the questions I'm not going to ask. And thankfully, Eric came in, and even though I thought I had rewritten them a better way, there was always a better way because I never want to make someone feel uncomfortable or that they're in an examination. You know what I mean? So just everyone do that that's listening to this. I, I want to ask you this. You are thriving in new york city it's been, almost been a year your what, what day is your year august 29th uh, i'm sorry august 19th <laughs> august 19th so in five august 19th from now in five years where do you see yourself professionally and as an activist what would you like without revealing too much yes because i love us i love i love a surprise yeah i see myself in charge in control, happy as fuck, mm-hmm. and representing properly the representation I want to see and showing up for trans youth. I want to show up for trans youth and be a voice and a role model for trans youth for sure. That's it. That's all we need to hear. <laughs> I mean, it's not the last question. Of course. But that's all you have to answer. That's, that's perfect. I think that that's going to be great for you <laughs> i really do believe it thank you um i have a very very important question and uh, this is something i think like a lot of people would like to uh to hear from your response is like what will you tell to a newly transitioned person that you are standing on the shoulders of very powerful innovative and brave people and anytime you feel alone or misunderstood, understand that you're not. You have community and you have people that will be there for you, that will understand you and that will support you in ways that maybe your biological family might not, your husband, your wife, your children, whatever your situation is, you have people that will be able to identify with you, make you feel included appreciated and understood and that you matter more than you think you do and most importantly you are that bitch you are that bitch you are that bitch you are that brave ass bitch that was beautiful to hear i feel like a lot of people is gonna feel very inspired i i love that you said that because 
I think that it wasn't until I was 29 years old or 28 years old that I realized that, yes, I have a biological family, but they're not the family that's supportive of who I am, truthfully. Yeah. So, and I'm not, I can't add to what you said, but it, I... No, you it, definitely can. Please, this is an open discussion. I, I want just you love to. that it's always my two family members that I've been doing the show with the last two times that chosen family is important. And you're able to say that chosen family is important. They don't. They don't have to look like you. They don't have to have to be the same sexual orientation as you or everything about you. But I have come to grow and love and respect and honor the people that are different, but also family to me. And that is what I think Pride's about. I think that's what LGBTQ means when they put the letters together, and that's what I would want to represent. Um, in any facet, honestly. And I thank you, Madison, for one, coming on your show and sharing your story, but two, being truthful to who you are always. You know, I don't understand why you won't go out and try out for some Selena auditions, but I'm not I, in charge of your career. Yeah, the thing is, I don't do The yet. thing is, honey, we're not revealing all secrets we're yet. We love a surprise. If you, you, know, you want to know, stay tuned. If you I am on Instagram. Watch this. Madison, you know, you're going to hear it first. But if you get a chance to watch it, Madison looks like something. <laughs> she looks like Selena. <laughs> you will see the promos. Be the be promo be photos. Be I'm not. She's a Selena that needs a little more Spanish. But you know what? She's been great. <laughs> this bitch. But daddy at the booth, GA. ¿Qué dice? Excuse me, miss. Excuse me, miss. Excuse me, miss. We love a good wrap-up moment. So we're going to leave this question. We're going to finish off the uh, interview um, in the episode with the question of the podcast. What would you, one thing would you like to leave for your legacy? You know, we have an Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at Queer Late Night. You can also follow Madison Black where... It is I-M-M-A-D-I-S-O-N-B-L-A-C-K. I'm Madison Black, all one word, on Instagram. And tonight, our beautiful co-host that had, you know, he has a lot of art out there. We won't talk about what it is. He also, to add, he did shoot me in my first... You know, triple expose. Well, it was a triple X, but you know, it was artistically nude and it was wonderful. It was a great experience. It was she loved it. Wink, I wink. love being naked in front of a camera. I so could be very problematic. Where can they follow you? Okay, so you can find my photo project at Sololas S O L O L A Z. You can find my personal project. Uh, we didn't see a lot of my skin in Not Another Eric. Just K, no C. Don't use the K, the C. Uh, that's all and you know one last question I always try to finish off each episode of this question um, and I'm gonna give it for both of you is there any specific organization or project that you've come to like in New York City that you would like your your fans viewers followers your family members whoever sees this or hears this interview to go and donate and research and follow and uh, my Venmo is <laughs> oh girl <laughs> I'm just kidding my organization my PayPal is <laughs> um I've come to really appreciate the Ali Forney Center um they are doing incredible things for the queer community uh, especially queer youth trans youth um and I think they deserve a very special shout out and representation um because what they're doing is beautiful work and uh, yeah needs to be known do you have one well um right now it doesn't like i i'm always trying to to provide some help to to the community i think like the lgbtb lgbt center in new york city yeah i work there for sometimes they definitely have a great Honestly, and this is no tea, no shade. They have a really good, responsive, great, um, queer um, youth. youth. Their youth program at the center is very, 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 very hands-on. And they have camps and they have programs and they provide a space for LGBTQ youth to come after school and feel safe, be who they are. They have multiple outlets. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have my guest co-host on Eric Glazzarini, Solas, 
Let's say it right. Did I fuck it up? Sololas. I'm about to get hit when That's I get okay. off. It's <laughs> not that we're drunk guys. We are not oh, drunk. Yeah, you'll like it, baby. And more importantly, the woman of honor, this beautiful woman, Miss Madison Black, thank you so much <laughs> for coming onto the show, sharing your stories, and being who you are and I hope this is uplifting and it, it, it makes a change in community. Once again, my name is Elmet Colors. I'm your host of Queer Late Night. Um, stay tuned. There's more show coming for you. Have a good night. Bye. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> bye, bitch.